Somewhere between the worlds of technology and digital design resides the Cash All Podcast. Here to share thoughts, news, and ideas about coding, graphic design, digital tools, and more is your host, Brandon Peterson. What is going on, everybody? We're supposed to be getting a new college football video game from EA Sports. It was supposed to come out this summer. And now they decided to take another year to fine-tune it, work on the Dynasty mode, all those fun things. And even though it's being pushed on the back burner a little bit by EA, it still is that time of year where I'm getting excited about a college football game, even though we haven't had one for quite some time. Uh, So this week's episode, we're going to break down making a little comparison between two of the OG college football games from back in the day. And you might be wondering, we, what are we talking about here? Yeah, we have a guest. So uh, in a little crossover podcast, you know, multiversal madness through these things, uh, my good friend Andy Butler is here with us, and uh, he's going to help me break this thing down. So for those of you that have listened to the Sing Second podcast, uh, you may kind of forget what you're listening to today, and that's okay. I hope that is the case, uh, as some of that will tie over to this, uh, as we've had a lot of fun working together on that project also. Andy, what the heck's going on? Long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. Hi, Brandon. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. No, this, this feels good. I, when we were talking at school, we were setting this bad boy up a few weeks ago, Um and I asked you about that lost reference. There's a there's a side timeline jump where they the alternate realities. And I was gonna make a reference to I feel like we've done this before a little bit um, in, an, in an alternate timeline, if you would. But since you threw in the old sing second, and there goes that joke and reference out the window. But no, this is I'm excited. Things are going well. You know, I got a new job, so the summer looks a little different than normal. Pretty but, exciting. So you want to but, tell everybody what, what's up with that? Well, I don't really know what it is. It's called the Dean of Students. I don't. It's an assistant principal. It's impressive. Job. And it sounds yeah. impressive, too. I know. And, and like, it is impressive. We're going to joke like it's a real promotion at like a college or something where I'm in charge of anything. But really, I'm just the, the next guy in line before they get to the principal. Hey, I like it. They're in good hands with you, my friend. Well, um... I tell you, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, like things like at school that I don't like doing, you know, and, and administrators like to have icebreakers with teachers and teachers like to have icebreakers with students. I hate icebreakers. And what are we doing? We're doing a freaking icebreaker tonight. But the reason why is because, so like you're the third person that I've had on here as a guest, and I tend to get pretty nervous even though my rapport with you is is very good you know but um so like sky siri was going to be on the podcast a while back ago and uh like i i don't know her that well you know what i mean just acquaintances through work and that's why i did it as a challenge and so i was pretty nervous you know because i i didn't know if she would i mean she knew i was weird but it'd be weirder than what she thought (laughs) And so I was like, oh, I know she likes pumpkin spice lattes. I like pumpkin spice yeah. lattes. So we played some kind of game, like where we had to talk, you know, our ratings of pumpkin spice latte. Well, and that episode was about the library and the changes and like that makerspace situation, right? Exactly. And yeah. so like that's such a new concept because when you think of libraries, you think quiet, you think silent <laughs> reading, you think research. 
but that's not what libraries look like anymore. So like that makes total sense. I didn't even know if I, I think I even asked her on the podcast. I was like, is it okay if I call you a librarian? Do I call you a media specialist? <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off with a, with a little icebreaker for this one. And I'm just calling this one coin flip. So I'm going to give you two choices. And then you tell me which you prefer. These are college football related. And, and again, for those listening, you might be like, why are we talking about college football? Again, we're talking about college football video games. We do get into gaming every so often on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be a little, a little bit maybe more sporty talk than normal. <laughs> but uh, I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited. So uh, first one, number one on this list, we have six of them. The first one, bowls or playoffs? Which do you prefer? I, I got to say playoffs. Um, playoffs? Uh, playoffs. Uh, I think the, the big one for me is especially as we started the four-team playoff, and then obviously that wasn't a great solution either because it only lasted so long. But then guys started opting out of those bowl games. And uh, back in the day, I this is going to date me, like – I don't have the recollection of if you went eight and four, you still may not have made a bowl. That's mm-hmm. how competitive bowl game situations were. Um, and like, that's when bowls meant something. And now, I mean, Nebraska went as five and seven. And like, that's kind of the case is we have so many bowls and not always the eligibility of teams. And so for me, at least the playoffs, yeah, some teams are going to get uh, their season ends or what they're playing for ends earlier. But the fact that everybody's fighting for that one prize and it, in that uh, has that potential to get that championship, I think that's at least kind of the fun aspect of what NFL, college basketball, uh, college baseball stuff like that has in for the playoffs. I'm kind of coming along onto the playoff side, as you know. I've always been all on the Bulls, early '90s as much as exactly. And then yeah, when people start opting out. It's like, for real. And so we don't see that in the playoffs as of yet. Yeah. Who knows what will happen. Well, but. you know, those those opt-outs can kind of show you what kind of depth you really had as a team. But sure. when you're losing your top three, four, five, almost to ten guys, that's not. It's almost like a cross, div- or like a cross, I don't know, conference spring game. Yeah. You know, like yeah. spring game part one, where you get to kind of see how those young people match up against another. Uh, number two, we have traditional unis or alternates. This one, I, I, it's so tough because, and it's it's not even Nebraska for me with the the traditional, but having the Alabama with the the number on the side, or uh, just some of those other ones that you just are iconic, the Penn State all white or the, just the blue jersey, like that stuff's iconic. But, like, I think of Georgia. Those black unis for Georgia are sweet. They are cool. And, like, yeah, Oregon has 15 or 20 of them, and teams are doing that now. But there's just some of those alternates where it's just one, just a different helmet. Mm -hmm. And it does so much for the brand. And I I think you almost have to go alternates. Not the Oregon every week. It's a different jersey. Because, yes, that's cool. But just something special to add on to the Nebraska-Iowa game or the Nebraska-Wisconsin game that kind of started out. I thought it was pretty cool. I like that you said helping the old brand yeah. for sure. I, I anything like where there's a build up in that that hype with it, I love that also. Number three, <laughs> so 
Here, here we go for this. Flex bone or spread? This one tugs on my heartstrings a little bit. <clears throat> now, so I, I coached uh, high school football for 10 years. And I, I've coached the, the RPO heavy. I've coached uh, the, the uh, Mike Leach uh, air, air raid. And I've coached the flex bone. So, like, this is the hardest one for me because <laughs> parts of the, the spread that I like are because they're flex bone tendencies. Right. And so I love putting guys in conflict. That's kind of what the RPOs are. It's just putting the flex bone into 2025 or whatever we want to call it. Uh, but uh, at, at our high school here in North Platte, we, we run the flex, and we got pretty good at it and have had some real success against teams who outsize us, outman us, out-athlete us. And, and so I feel like I have to go flex because the flex made – the spread so much more dangerous in, in 2024 or 2023. I like it. Solid answer. Solid answer. Number four, Mac or Mountain West? Who doesn't love a good Mac shin, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I for quality's sake, I think you have to go Mountain West just because on any given day, Air Force is going to run for 300 yards, but they show that they can throw it. Boise State has a Fiesta Bowl win tcu was ranked in the top five from the mountain west back then fresno state will have a great year uh utah state i mean you can just go down the list of teams that have are in the mountain west now but have left the mountain west and had success in bigger conferences utah things like that and so uh just just i think the historical value that the mountain west has and the top value the mountain west currently has i think it's got to be a no-brainer I have to go with Mountain West also. Like, I do love the Mac. Don't get me wrong. You know, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Yeah, exactly. Like, every non-Saturday, <laughs> you can find a game. But being born in Laramie, Wyoming, yeah. and, and a lot of my life living there growing up, you know, Wyoming Cowboys and Air Force and, and those kind of teams. Colorado State. So that's always got a place in my, in my heart also. Number five, X's or O's? Are you a defensive guy or an offensive guy? I don't even know if I could tell you which one was which. When I draw plays, they're circles or oh, nice. squares. I mean, I this is part of my favorite part. It goes back to number three is I, I love scheming. Um, when I when I coached offense, whether I was calling plays at uh, my two previous high schools or whether I was kind of doing the JV stuff or just doing the filming um, and breakdown uh, on Friday nights, uh, you know, over the years, I love being in the booth. Like mm-hmm. some some coaches love being on the field because it's like they're still out there playing. They're the emotions high. I want to be as far away from that as possible and and draw stuff up. And right. they can't do both of these things. They're cheating if they do this. And and I think that's kind of the, the fun chess match of what what football ultimately brings. And and so yes is number five because Ooh, nice. because uh, you know like I don't. Know, does is one offense and one defense specifically? I've never actually been taught whether X's are. Defense. I always say O's are offense, <laughs> X's are defense. So let me let me ask you this then. Uh, so when you draw yours out, do you have the uh, offense on the bottom or do you put the defense on the? So the offense goes on the bottom and you go up the page. Yep. Um, I agree. Now I played defense in in college. I didn't play defense in high school, and I didn't coach defense in uh, in my coaching career, uh, but. I always have offense on the bomb going north. It's just that's just the way it's, it it works. Coach Josh Hyatt 
like he would draw things out and I'd always be like, can you quit making the diagrams upside <laughs> down, know, please? I, I, could you? I'm getting all the blood rushes it's just to my head right now because I'm upside down. It's funny. Number six, game day or big noon kickoff, ESPN or Fox? You know, I think everybody, it's hard not to say game day just because mm-hmm. of the longevity, kind of how Saturdays originated you know like yeah guy teams always played at 11 or 2 30 or a six o'clock game uh, whether there's an espn or not but saturday mornings became iconic because of the the mascot challenge or the mascot head pick him from lee corso and then kirk herbstreet jumped on it and became this whole big ordeal where washington state has a flag yeah it became this big deal um but you know with cbs becoming a, a big deal fox becoming a big deal and all these other mediums i think are huge that then game day kind of needed to reinvent itself and a few weeks ago it was reported that pat mcafee was leaving and joining espn i think that's kind of their ace is they tried it out last year. Here's sure. Pat McAfee, who <clears throat> has his own radio show that is viewed by millions, and uh, however he says it. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, he's a part of WWE. He's he's such a face of pop culture right now that yeah. I think Game Day became interesting again because he seems like a wild card. You just never know what's going to come out of his mouth. So I almost was going to lean back to the old Big Noon kickoff because I think they did so much well. Uh, more recently with Urban Meyer and Reggie Bush and Matt Liner mm-hmm. and those guys were all on there because they shoot they were the face of college football yeah. in the early or the late 2000s but the addition of Pat McAfee I think has to swing it back a little bit towards ESPN I'm more nostalgic for the fact that ESPN was kind of the original I do like Fox Big Noon because it kind of reminds me of like 10 to 15 years ago ESPN before it got huge you know what I mean so I hope that Fox I mean it's so it's only gonna grow but I hope they still kind of have that that charm to it or whatever you know I I I think that was the hardest part to to kind of balance because big noon kickoff it's not simplistic because it's still 2023 and they have the same technology Mm -hmm. but the cover pieces aren't the full cinematic experience like ESPN now has been doing the last five or 10 years, which I mean, again, great. Cause you get to learn about the players for and sure. the families and the situations, but it's not just football. And yep. so for some people that's, that's kind of a big turnoff. Yep. For sure. The last kind of coin flip. So that was ours for the, for the actual icebreaker. But the next thing is kind of a matchup of sorts that we'll be spending the rest of this episode pretty much talking about, is Bill Walsh's college football or Sega Sports college football's national championship? A lot of characters in that one. And I tell you what, when you have, when you try to be conscious of character limits on Twitter, uh, Sega Sports college football's national championship <laughs> did not. not, you know, they didn't future-proof themselves with that title. Um, so for our listeners here, I'm not exactly sure when we came up with this idea. I know we've been kind of talking about it for i mean maybe since last summer well i feel like i feel like we i even i had a late winter early christmas present delivered to me (laughs) on a snow day in november so it at least was back to november it's been a it's been kind of on the fire for a while but somehow or another we came up with the idea and we thought you know what 
Uh, it would be fun if we compared some old college football games. You know, just something to maybe tie us over until the next uh, year, next summer, when we get our college football uh, 25 or whatever they'll call it out. You know, who knows? Um, and so we thought we'd play some games and uh, kind of break them down and, and decide which ones we think is better. And we have this little console clash football helmet on here. Y'all can't see it, but if you follow us online, there's there's been a picture maybe floating around Instagram and uh, Twitter a little bit. And we have some little uh, helmet stickers, some Sega ones and some EA ones. Made both of those on Adobe Illustrator, I got to say. Uh, both of those ones. And the EA you've one... Done, you've done an is, Adobe was, Illustrator episode, haven't you? I have. Yeah. I have. So I, uh, I'm i kind of proud of that. And I uh, thought they turned out all right for this. It looks legit. Maybe copyright infringed. I don't know. It might but... be. Might possibly be. <laughs> so that, again, that's why this isn't recorded for video, for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And uh, be... For those of you who might be kind of new to this gaming system, or maybe, you know, and, and we went with these two games because they were both for the Sega. I didn't want this to be one of those Sega does what Nintendo don't, you know, kind of things from back in the day. <laughs> Although we may, now that I think about it, have to do an episode of something like that. But comparing two games that started, you know, relatively close, and they're, they're kind of iconic brands now, and... Back then, they were they were well-known, but they weren't as big as they are. And so that's kind of why we're going with that. And, uh, yeah, so, like, before it was 2K Sports and before, like, EA was what it was today, um, they were entirely different games. Um, 2K Sports, before that was Sega Sports. And the game, like I said, College Football's National Championship, it was released in May of 1994 for the Sega Genesis. So it would have been right now. We're recording this in May. You all might be listening to this in July by the time it's done. And I might get too excited. It might be released in June. It's hard to say. But um, at the time of this recording, you know, back in 1994 was when that game came out. And that is kind of a long time ago. And... Uh, it had 32 collegiate licensed teams. There was a sequel uh, that had the same amount of teams, but different. Some of them were replaced with new ones. And then they took a little bit of break, and then there was NCAA College Football 2K, uh, that series that came out. And that was released on the Dreamcast and then like the PlayStation 2 and all that kind of things during the golden era of college football games as i like to call it um and then ea starts your ea sports started off with bill wallace college football also released in 1994 uh the sega genesis was released before a better feature was released that year later on on the super nintendo and so like like i said we wanted this to be a comparison of the games instead of the gaming systems so uh eventually bill walsh turned into College Football USA, and then they had a sequel, and then it became the NCAA football series that uh, Sam Keller uh, destroyed after his Nebraska career. Uh, so, Andy, you're a bit younger than me. Uh, what was your childhood console? You know, like I can remember, um, I've, I'm the baby of my family, and so I have siblings who are 8, 14, and 16 years older than I am. And so 
Um, I, I can remember going to my brother's house. He didn't live with us because when I was growing up, he was already 14 years older than I was. And so um, by the time I was really kind of a cognate little kid, I he was in his own place. And so I remember him having the Super Nintendo, but he was a big Mario guy. Uh, had all the games and stuff like that. So I didn't really even know sports games were on the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I had friends who had the 64, and they kind of had a few games, but nothing crazy. I had a friend that had a Sega, Sega Genesis, but again, I remember Spider-Man being on that game. I don't ever remember any sports games. Um, and so like the first console I ever had was a PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember the college uh, NFL game day 2000 sure. and stuff like that. And that's kind of my first introduction to any of the sports games were uh triple play 2000 nfl game day 2000 right around that 2000 2001 when i would have been about nine or ten years old awesome mine like i had a nintendo back in the day you know but i kind of consider myself a super nintendo person um that was mine before the disc based more advanced consoles of that time and so i think that's kind of what makes this fun like I didn't grow up playing the game for Sega. You know, you didn't grow up playing this game. And so, like us being fans of sports games in general and and the sport of college football, uh, we're able to kind of take in these games, see them for what they're worth, you know, understand that there's limitations, but at the same time, like as our discussions went, like we were kind of impressed with some of the things that they did incorporate to it, those it, games. It felt a lot closer to NCAA 14 than some arcade game you'd play at the Pizza Hut on, oh, yeah. on Friday night. Absolutely. So are you ready for a little helmet sticker action? You bet. This all is right. what we've been waiting for. All right. Moment we've all been waiting for. Let's do this. So we're going to break this down by graphics, audio, presentation, gameplay, and replayability. So graphics... Either the the Sega version or the EA version. What do you have? So for me, the graphics. Uh, when when I thought of graphics and when I thought of what a video game in 1993, 1994 looked like, mm-hmm. I picture you're at the roller rink or you're at an arcade and you see the Simpsons or the Ninja Turtles game where it's just flat lined. You're going across the screen and it's very just arcadey and. That's not what I felt when I played either of these games. Uh, yes, the spacing was a little wonky, like the yard line versus the dimensions of the player and falling forward. Mm-hmm. You get four yards here and you lose four yards, but you couldn't really. It didn't feel like you actually gained or lost any yardings. Uh, that could that was felt a little bit in uh, in the EA version, but in the 2K I version, I, it felt smoother. It felt more. NCA version that we're used to. Um, yeah, the O-line and the D-line had like a, a little bit of an awkward gap between them. Like it was a little little league-ish where yeah. you lined them up. You Those can't spacings be were quite... Yeah, but, but the, sp- <laughs> the player size to the field felt real. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for that reason alone, I think you have to give the graphics to the 2K just for the sense of it was fast. It was. It was. It felt like you're playing a competitive game. It wasn't quite as um, old school, arcadey, if you will, if that's a word. It is now. If if it wasn't before, it is now. I I agree. For me, I'm I'm giving my helmet sticker for graphics to Sega Sports. 
college football's national championship. <laughs> I love the character sprites or the player sprites. Uh, I like that they made a zoomed out and zoomed in separate version of the players running. So it's like they're running. And then when you, you break into the open, it zooms in. And it's kind of like a little TV-style presentation that we see. Whoa, that comes later, Brandon. Settle down. Oh, true. That's true. That's true. But the fact that they went through and made, like, two size sprites, I thought was pretty awesome. Um, it's easy to tell, like, in the, in the animations, if they're holding their helmet or if they're spiking the ball or whatever. Uh, I also like how Sega's tackling animations, like, showed them wrapping up. Like, it wasn't just in EA, you kind of dive and then you kind of bounce off, yeah. you know what I mean? Like like pinball or something, not just weird collisions. So I thought the graphics were, were pretty solid, and especially in today where with indie games we see the retro feel. I thought that Sega's graphics actually held up like yeah. pretty well, so I'm sticking my little Sega one on here also for that. All right, second category we have audio. For me, I feel like this was the where it split the most because to me, the Bill Walsh uh, was very much, again, I'm going to use it, arcade-ish. It had a bunch of crowd noise. I joke that this is where the original pump, pumped in crowd noise because it was just <laughs> so loud. Uh, but it was mixed with some upbeat music. Like, I think it kind of gave it that arcade feel. Uh, because some of those arcade games back in the day, and I feel like I can say that because I didn't play a ton of arcade games, sure. but the arcade feel was upbeat. You may be in a, an arcade where you're uh, battling with other consoles and, and games going on, whereas Sega's was straight broadcast, realistic. Here's this. Here's the weather report. The, they're, uh, the, they're on the 20-yard line. They're going out. Tackle mm -hmm. by 44, whatever the case is. just felt so realistic. And, and for me... Uh, being in my 30s now, I feel like the audio has to go with Sega again. But if I was a 14, 13-year-old kid playing this at home, I could definitely jump behind the loud crowd noise because uh, in some editions of NCAA football, the crowd noise is overpowering and can have an effect on your players and things like that. So it could be used to your advantage, but for the presentation combo with the, the graphics, I think the audio where it's just broadcast, very realistic, I have to go with Sega. I like that. It's like, I, I'm actually going with EA on this one, but it's kind of interesting because like where yours, you're going for like the broadcast audio and like for mine, for EA, I'm kind of more of the on the field audio. You know what I mean? But we both kind of notice similar things. Uh, so for me, like having the song play when you score the touchdown, yeah. I do like that. Um, the crowd, like I like the booing you know yeah. when i make a bad play and stuff yeah. like that uh the tackling sounds on ea sports i did like those even again they're kind of a little i don't know you know just kind of robotic or whatever but i i was a big fan of sega because it's like you're watching it on tv he's narrating it as you're going through yeah. and i don't know how they did that back then that's <laughs> impressive to me um and i did i'm not to say i dislike the audio from sega but i'm gonna give a little nod on this one here for ea but i thought both you know represented themselves pretty well you know for them well and i think that's part of the reason why i like being in the booth is i don't hear all the boos and i don't hear all the cheers <laughs> and i'm away from all that stuff and it's just straightforward it's 
Let me move on to the next one and we'll go. Nice. Number three, presentation. I think this is this is where I was kind of blown away the most because in the last few years with Madden, with a lot of the other simulation games, I feel like they've gone away from this aspect because um, just the fact that Sega had 32 real teams, they had the old school logos from 93, that was cool to see because mm-hmm. uh, those have changed a ton in 25, 30 years. Um, the attention to detail on the weather, the stadium, the grass type, you just, it just felt like they put the effort into making this a realistic simulation game. And so uh, the cutscenes were cool because on, on Bill Walsh, uh, you, you'd make a play, it'd show the crowd. You, uh-huh. It'd show the ref making a first down signal. Things, just the little things like that that, yes, it's not realistic, you know it's a game, but the attention to detail that they know that this happens at a game. It's yeah. not just like a bunch of guys who've never been to a football game making a football game. And so I thought all that was pretty cool. Uh, one thing that struck me kind of funny with Bill Walsh is uh, Bill Walsh didn't have the the actual teams, but they had, the, of course, the, uh, the <laughs> East Lansing Spartans or something silly like that. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the historic teams they had was Atlanta from 80 or something like that. But then Atlanta wasn't in the game, so Georgia Tech had an all-time team, but then wasn't featured yeah, in the, in the I twenty-five that was teams. Unusual too. And so, like little nuances like that was cool, but it's just it's just kind of a funny little <laughs> no, nuance that I saw. And me now, I don't think I would pick the all-time teams. I've never been an all-time team guy doing the kind of the crazy stuff. And I'm always just straightforward. Let's do dynasty. Let's do whatever. But I can appreciate the time that they took to go back and the 70 version of this team or the 80 version of Atlanta, um, even though they don't have real teams, but they, you know, made it as realistic as they could without those, uh, those true logos. And so I think I'm actually going to go with Bill Walsh for the old presentation, just because of the, the depth of some of those little nuances that made it such a good simulation game. I like that too. Uh, you know, like where they had, where you mentioned they had some of those teams from the years, like, the one thing I did like was, like, there are a few teams that, of the same year, they didn't get to play each other because yeah. of the bull alliances and stuff. So then, like, those fan bases could, you know, kind of get that dream matchup and see what would happen. And so to, to kind of add to that, when I think of my video game experiences, like, I was four, three when Nebraska was in their heyday. And so when you see those all-time teams on the, the newer games, those are some of the teams you pick with your friends and stuff because that's kind of you living that moment. Well, I couldn't do that with Bill Walsh because those were the teams that were in the game and not the historic <laughs> team. So it was like this weird, like trying to rephrase what my concept of an all-time team was because the Huskers hadn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. I think they had like the 80. Did they have 83 or yeah, something? Or yeah. maybe 82 or something. Um, for presentation for me... Again, a lot to like for both. Sega incorporates that cool scoreboard, like with the brick and the ivy yeah. uh, design, like on the pause screen and those things, and like on the game matchup where they kind of come out of, they're standing outside of that tunnel with the old school, like game clock, you know, yeah. that I think of back from like vintage college football footage and stuff like that. Um, and again, it kind of goes, it's hard to talk about presentation without kind of again mentioning audio and stuff i did like the robotic play caller i thought that was pretty cool (laughs) um 
On the other hand, EA Sports, I thought, had some good TV broadcast things, like what you mentioned, uh, the caption of the coach getting upset, you know, or the cheerleaders cheering, or the crowd doing their thing. Uh, I also liked when I got close to the end zone, how you could actually see the crowd, you know, in the stands. And actually, the fact that the crowd was even animated, (laughs) you know, I thought was pretty cool for that too, so... I definitely am going to give the edge on this one to EA uh, for for presentation. Both both of them very good again, but I I like what EA did a little bit better. I think that's been some of the toughest part is because putting yourself in 1994 <laughs> and what the technology looked like on television, yeah, and then comparing it to what games look like <laughs> in 1994 and the effort that they put in to make stuff animated that isn't always animated even in Madden now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty impressive the amount of detail they try to put in. And then with Sega coming out with a game, what, six months later as kind of a, hey, here's a newer version. Uh-huh. I think it, it's pretty impressive what they were able to turn out for quality of product. I totally agree. Number four, gameplay. Probably the most <clears throat> important, you know, of something that makes games stand the test of time, but. If this is any indication of why teams didn't pass too often in 1993, <laughs> I totally understand Makes why a lot of rushing now. numbers were out the through the roof. <laughs> because I think the toughest part was it felt, especially Bill Walsh, it felt backwards or backyard-ish where you snap the ball on a passing play and to even bring up the passing icons, you've got to already click A or B uh-huh. or whatever it is. And then it comes up. So you're already scrambling before you even take your step back. And then, uh, which obviously just shows you it's it's a run first game. Oh yeah. Your quarterback sweep, your quarterback draw, any of that stuff works even when you're running a full pass play. And so that was tough to get used to because Madden 24, 23, wherever we're on now, isn't like that. You, right. You, I mean, you throw for a thousand yards a game because. You go five wide or four wide, whatever. Um, what I did like about the the Bill Walsh game, though, and this kind of goes back to my um, my coaching the the flex bone, is there's a couple of plays where you tell your quarterback you're gonna pull it from the fullback and you're gonna pitch it to the running back all in like one motion. It's uh-huh. it's, it's two snaps and that ball's gotta be out. And so to have the pull and the pitch be the same button is pretty pretty cool because yeah. it can be very realistic where that in crashes and the outside linebacker presses, it's out. Whereas as the game evolved, holding X or not holding X and then hitting R2 to, to pitch it out if you're playing on the old PlayStation, that can be pretty pretty slow. And then all of a sudden that ball's a fumble or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I thought that was pretty cool for Bill Walsh. But the fact that in Sega's, 1994 version of college football they had motions built into their formations (laughs) i mean that wasn't even a thing in madden again or college football in 2014 Mm -hmm. i mean yeah you had the reinvention of the jet sweep but here is a a game in 94 where you actually had you didn't just manually move him over you it was part of the play Uh and you had to know what play and what time you had to snap it because you weren't going to get it off because it was there was it was built in and so like i mean that's a lost art that games didn't have and so for that very reason alone i have to go sega for the helmet sticker of the gameplay very nice again on this one i like elements of both 
EA has some good collisions and momentum, I felt like. Like on defense, I could be a defensive end or a defensive tackle. And like I could feel like that player was stronger or weaker than the person in front of him. And so like you could, if you were more dominant, you can really kind of wreck havoc and push the person back and kind of blow something up. Um, I do like that I could pass to multiple receivers with the corresponding buttons. I wasn't a fan of the little windows that pop up. So hard. Like, and again, I understand why they ran the ball 80 times. Oh, before. yeah. And it's like, I see that there's this wide receiver, but like, it's so close. I couldn't tell if there was a corner by or if there was a safety by or whatever. It was kind of weird. You know, and I and I just kind of building off that. Sorry to cut you off. No. But the fact that they're like, how can we show that this is a close play or that the zoomed-in version, but you also have to be the quarterback, and you have to somehow show a receiver 15 to 20 yards downfield whether he's open or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's a kind of a cool little inventive way of doing it. Right. But coming from 2022, <laughs> very hard to adjust back to. Oh, for sure. Um, I also kind of felt like the controls on Bill Walsh, I, it's like, am I playing football or am I playing NHL 94? You know, there's a little... Like kind of gliding on yeah. the your your momentum is a little uh, too powerful, I yeah, guess, yeah. with that. Uh, Seg I thought was a lot easier to control the players. Uh, super fun scene on like the power plays, uh, seeing your guard pull around, and it was just it was done so well with it where you could follow that person to you know to I, the perimeter. I like to call that the waterfall effect. And I think with that, you could just see like, Oh, my hole's not there. So you're just going to kind of go to the next hole and the next hole. And you really, it, it felt for the time, the, the ergonomics, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but just the, the feasibility of how you'd actually be able to move in a realistic aspect was pretty spot on i thought so too and then like there was some plays where there was like the keeper off of it and then also the the bootleg play action pass off of it and like i could see like especially if you were playing your buddy on the couch and you're running that thing going around the outside because the quarterback bootlegs pretty uh devastating on that game you know like the the passing um not quite as good like if the person was there was some games you would play and like uh what was it dig like the yeah, one that. guy's the dig was like devastating and i thought i'm gonna win a national championship just by running the dig that's what steve spurrier thought too I'm that's sure. exactly <laughs> and as we came to find out the next team they had that thing pretty much freaking stopped which which is funny because like <laughs> is that an algorithm thing or is that like the the creators of the game like you aren't going to be able to do the same thing two weeks in a row. Because yeah. sometimes, even NCAA 14, NCAA 12, Madden 23, there's just plays where you know it's going to hit mm-hmm. 80 to 90% of the time unless it's a user error. And yeah. so, like, and that I think that was the funnest thing that we, we talked about over that, that break there was just watching you run the dig 10 times in a row and score yeah. eight touchdowns yeah. on one, one game and then the next game. Couldn't it wasn't it. even open. Yeah, it couldn't and, do anything. So, yeah, that like when the passing game worked, it was fun. To this day, I still don't know if you can choose who you're actually throwing the ball to or if you're just throwing to yeah. the primary or whatever. So not having control or having an easy way. There definitely wasn't letters for each yeah. receiver to yeah. throw to. Uh, so that was rough, but the running the game was fun on it. 
Uh, you can add a variety of different plays. And then like you said, uh, there's the sending the man in motion. There's formation shifts where you choose like this formation, then you're going to end up in this formation, yeah. you know? Like stuff that isn't in NCAA until yeah. 14. It isn't like, until Madden until 2022, and they're like, oh, we've got to put these RPOs in there or else it's mm-hmm. not going to be real. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Made it a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, just gameplay. I have to also go with Sega on that. Sega! They did a good job uh, just in a lot of elements. And, it, again, it was fun to play, uh, you know, different teams and, and things like that. So, uh, number five, replayability. So, I, I don't know. I think, like, some games, can they – do they stand forever? You know, are they still – I love, like, Tecmo Super Bowl, near and dear to my heart. And I have just as much fun playing Tecmo Super Bowl today as I did, like, in – 1992 or whatever when i didn't know what the heck i was doing with it you know what i mean like it's um one of those things so well and it clearly shows that it holds the test of time because now on your mobile phone you can play retro bowl yeah which is techno yeah basically yeah for sure so what do you think about replayability so this is always one that i kind of struggle with because i'm just so used to Dynasty mode, mm-hmm. race for the Heisman, all those little things that have made college football games iconic the last four years they were out, where it really kind of took off uh, right around that 2007 with Reggie Bush when you could take tests and quizzes uh-huh. for a class or whatever. Uh, but I was, I was surprised because, like in Bill Walsh, yes, you had the ex- exhibition mode, but you had an all time playoff where all those teams, uh, that those 25 teams or so, were in a playoff and you could you know battle 1v1 to see who the ultimate best team uh, of all time is um they both had playoff features which was cool but the sega edition had kind of a, a race for number one kind of your season mode they had the divisional challenge where the the 32 teams were mixed up into four quadrants the west mm-hmm. the kind of the northeast the central and the southeast uh, but you could also do the tournament style whereas uh, a four team, an eight team, a sixteen, and a thirty-two team tournament. So it's like, how are we? Have we not figured this out in twenty twenty-three with the old college football world when Sega Sega's figured it out? <laughs> exactly. Can, we, we'll just if there's four teams deserving, we'll do a four-team playoff. If there's eight teams deserving this year, we'll do an eight-team playoff. But I think for just for the amount of nuance that um, obviously having the real teams geographically placed because. They could tell them that their yes were really UCLA in Los Angeles. So they were in the West and things like that. I think you kind of have to go go with Sega, uh, go with Sega for that very reason. Nice. Uh, yeah, I said Bill Walsh has like the exhibition. They do have the playoff and an all-time playoff. Uh, there's more teams with those classic teams. Some of them that aren't in the in the regular quote-unquote modern era teams of that. You know. Uh, you could do the rematches of like Georgia Tech and Colorado, uh, settle it on in the digital world. Uh, I also thought it was kind of fun, you know, like where, uh, yeah, South Bend or Columbia playing, you know, um, yeah. and you know it's kind of kind of cheesy now, but I think it kind of adds to the charm of that time, you know, and then and especially now where we're seeing where. 
player's likeness. It was just announced, you know, that players get their likeness. So now there's, you know, what a world. They'd be freaking out. Like, if they knew what's happening now, I'm sure they'd be like, now we'll just make our NFL games, you know. Um, But for Sega, it has the exhibition. It has the season. It has the playoffs. Various difficulty settings. Uh, I just thought it was more modes and... And yeah, you don't have the the franchise, but I think kind of in those era of times is like couch co-op. You know, you're having a sleepover and you're you're playing this game until you're you have um, I don't know arthritis by the time you're well, twelve or something. And, and you're not playing games like you you are today. You know, you're playing for a few hours a night um uh, once a month or something yeah, like that it's yeah. because you don't have a tv in every household mm-hmm. you don't have the internet and so video games were a very different purpose back then and so obviously the detail and the longevity didn't have to be there but very much the the couch co-op you've got some buddies over and you're doing a quick little tournament anyway because that's what you're doing yep i agree so yeah i had to go sega replayability for sure so our winner is the best OG legendary natty for the ship, for the whole thing. Uh, we have on here, we have seven helmet stickers for Sega, three for EA. You know, and I think it's funny how Sega's not the one that won out. You know, like for mm-hmm. this, and obviously it's just, just a timestamp for this one to the 1994 release date. But if you would have told me, hey, here are the two games, which one becomes NCAA 14, I don't think I'd pick EA. I don't yeah. Think, I don't pick Bill Walsh. But the fact that mine was 4-1, to one, and sometimes I was trying to think of how I could pick EA a second time just to, uh-huh. just to make it a little more even, how in a different part of my, my life or a different era that I'm living in, EA may ring true to me because of the crowd noise and things like that versus mm-hmm. the this is what you see on Saturday on TV. And so I thought it was just int- intriguing on how right now it's Sega. But if it was 1994 and this is what I was used to, it very well could have been EA 4-3 uh, instead of 5-1 yeah, or whatever. I totally agree. And like kind of when I think of those two games, like with exclusive rights pretty much destroying most of everything but in the few times where in more modern time where there were games by both teams i always kind of think like ea's might look a little better but sega i always think is a little more sim you know and and a little more with that and it's interesting when you take this out of the college football realm but like college basketball lasted a few years later than Mm -hmm. than the football battle did baseball lasted until like 2012 uh-huh. in, in that in that realm and so just how sega and ea battle doesn't stop in 98 or 2001 with college football it branches into different i mean we talk about uh the espn football games versus madden and how shoot espn looked and had a lot of cool features yeah it really did madden could have easily stole after they lasted longer but they they haven't Mm -hmm. and how some of those late 2000 games that 2k put out still hold up against the the old maddens yeah for sure so something for our listeners here you know are we sharing this on uh on sing second twitter i'm not sure but if you're sing second listeners or if you're cash all listeners 
Uh, is this something you'd like to see more with uh, sports games kind of down the road? Yeah or nah? Maybe this could spawn off into a whole new podcast altogether if there was enough interest and in all that. Um, let us know at Code Peterson, at Seeing Second, wherever. Um, also, share with us on social media your favorite college football video game memories because I know uh, that we have some listeners who love that game as much as we did, and we always have fun kind of sharing those stories from the from the virtual gridiron, gridiron back in the day. Um, also, if you want in on this action of playing these games, uh, there's all sorts of retro consoles that can play those cartridges that are out there. Uh, there's the Hyperkin Retron 5. I have that console. It plays Sega, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, even Game Boy and, and all those kind of things. Uh, there's the Hyperkin Mega Retron HD. That's another one. Very like, much Sega College Football cow. Championship Series <laughs> Ultron. You can play Sega and Mega Drive on that. Uh, these these virtu- or these consoles that you buy, they can range anywhere from fifty to two hundred dollars. <throat> the kind of the the high end one is the Analog Mega SG. Uh, most of the time it's sold out, but every once in a while on their Analog Interactive website, uh, you can they'll announce when they're releasing new ones. And that one's cool because it's not an emulator; it's actual hardware so you could play it as as it was meant to be played uh you could get the cartridges from dk oldies or from ebay or from amazon uh you can get the bill walsh game for as low as three dollars pretty good and uh sega sports college football's national championship is a little more probably charging by the character and uh, you could get it for five dollars so you could get both games for eight bucks plus shipping and handling uh relatively inexpensive ways to play some fun retro sports games you know and and like we you were showing it to danny you know on on your guys's soccer trip and uh he i think he was having fun with that also well and this is this is a guy who uh he's he's got a freshman who i have in class right now who uh, doesn't understand the Fortnite, doesn't get the, the FIFA. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll play FIFA, but he plays it as a coach and not as a, as a gamer. And so to see Danny, who's uh, grew up playing Bill Walsh, play Bill Walsh on a, little, on a little console when we were on a soccer trip this season, looking like he was a 10-year-old kid again playing, playing something for the, the third or fourth time, really getting back into the game was kind of fun because – uh, it, was a, it was a different side to Danny I, I'd never seen before. Pretty awesome. Pretty brings out the child in, in all of us for sure. I think that's about it. Andy, I sure appreciate you, my man. This is fun, and I think we do have to do this again. Maybe, maybe next year at this time, we'll be breaking down NCAA football uh, 25. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, for those at home... Hopefully you got bit a little bit by the nostalgia bug and enjoyed our little classic rewind for you. And we sure appreciate you spending some time listening to us. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe if you want notified the moment of new episode releases. You can interact with me online on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok using my handle, CodePeterson, or by visiting CodePeterson.com.